This is JMJ Real Talk with Josh, Maria, and Jolene. This is episode 11, Teaching versus Telling. Uh, what is the difference between teaching and telling? I think the difference between teaching and telling is focusing on the noticing piece. So instead of saying, stop running, instead say, I would like you to walk like this. And then they have to look at you and notice what you're doing in order to do it. So it's that, that shift in our language the shift in the way that we want students to follow directions, I guess. No? See? See or no? See. And when you, you're telling someone to do something, it's, you're just, in, you know, you're instructing them, well, you need to do this. It's the judgment again, right? Mm-hmm. Telling is more judgmental than teaching. I do feel like that there is a time for teaching and a time for telling. If there's a safety concern, like an imminent mm-hmm. safety concern, I'm not going to spend time telling somebody, teaching somebody the reasons behind, I'm going to say, move away from that. It's not safe to be there. And I'm going to, and they're going to have to just do it without that. Why? Why do I have to move away? And I, you know, mm-hmm. as a parent, I remember we, we lived uh, when my boys were about, well, from birth until fourth grade, we lived out in the country and it was on a road that a lot of log trucks would drive by. And we did not have a fence around our yard for a couple years before we got a fence. And I remember that I was constantly telling the boys to stay in the yard and I wasn't teaching them. So I got tired of that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) It it was a point in my life there is like, oh, no, I can't keep telling this is not working. So now I need to teach them. So then I would teach them that when they heard a log truck coming, they would sit down wherever they were at. They would sit down. And let's just hope they weren't in the middle of the road. <laughs> well, they wouldn't go out in the middle of the road. We, we talked about, we walked the line, the perimeter of the grass. I mean, it, we were on an acre, so it was huge. So we walked the perimeter and I was like, okay, this green stuff, the grass, that's where you're going to be. Well, actually it was dirt because we didn't have grass for a while. But, uh, and so it was pretty funny because they would be out playing and I'd be watching them. And then all of a sudden they'd like plop on the ground and I'd be like what? why are they doing that and then here comes a log truck I didn't hear it but they heard it because they have younger ears than me in that moment I was like wow this teaching really does help versus telling <laughs> that reminds me of a time when I worked at a different school and um, the school boundaries to some kids were not really defined so I actually you know every recess I would yell stay in the school ground stay over here (laughs) and then one day it's like okay we're just gonna walk we're gonna take Mm -hmm. a walk and we're gonna walk around the perimeter so this is the school boundaries right here (laughs) and then we didn't have any issues but you know they've been yelling for a month they thought that yard (laughs) over there was part of the school boundaries they didn't know Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what message does telling send to others and specifically children? I think that could be tied to our episode that we did on worthiness, episode 10. Um, because when you're telling someone to do something, like Jolene said, it feels like judgment. So it could be related to feeling judgment or not being really able to do anything else. Because then it's like, well, I need them to tell me what to do next. I, mm-hmm. I can't do anything else because I don't know what to do. Because you haven't taught them the skill. You're just telling them to do the next step. It teaches them what they think doesn't matter. Because if they think that what they're doing is okay, yet you're not teaching them the skill that's missing, then it's saying, I don't care what you think. What I think is best. Well, and it, it, and then it creates this 
passivity and learning, right? If I always had to be told what to do, I'm not just going to do something on my own because, you know, they'll just tell me what to do. And I, and I don't want to get yelled at for not doing it right. And I've run, I've run into that when, um, my boys are helping me and I'm like struggling and they're just standing there like, well, you haven't told us what to do yet. (laughs) Can you not see that I need help? You know, and we don't want to create humans that grow up to not be able to see what they should do next. We want to create those problem solvers. We want to, we want them thinking about what they should do or thinking just even about their thinking. It's really important that in some moments we need to be told what to do, but then we need to also be able to think about what we should be doing at the moment, not being told. It's important to, when you're teaching, to have that end goal in mind. I mean, if we think about content area, we don't go into a math lesson without knowing that the end goal for that math lesson is that your kids can successfully multiply their twos, right? And so... Or with you, now it's going to be two digits by two <laughs> digits, but yeah. Well, yes, but you have to start out with one by one. First. <laughs> right. So you have to look at their missing skills. And so with that, we have that end goal of, okay, this is where I want the kids to be at the end, right? We have that standard that mm-hmm. they're needing to meet. But I feel like when we're, when we're getting kids through life, we don't think about the end goal. Mm-hmm. We have to think about social emotional health as a goal achieved thing as well. We have to look at it as if this kid grows up without this skill, are they going to be able to survive the world? Or are they going mm-hmm. to call mom and dad every five seconds when they're in college? Mm-hmm. You know? And because they don't know how to, I don't know. Boil water. <laughs> yeah. Pop <laughs> popcorn. You yeah. Know? Do their laundry. Yeah. So we have to teach them a skill. Now, obviously we're not teaching those kinds of skills in right. the classroom, but what we're teaching right now is boundaries. Mm-hmm looking at a playground area and not just telling the students this is where you have to be it's this is the boundary for our school on this side we're able to see you we're able to help you we're able to keep you safe on this side we're not able to see you we're not able to keep you safe Mm -hmm. because that's not an area that's designed for you right so when we're teaching that skill of boundaries Mm -hmm. We're do- that it seems so small in a school setting, but we're now teaching that boundary of when you go out into the real world, if you step off of the sidewalk, which is a boundary for pedestrians, you could get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. I know that's a huge, huge jump, but, but that's why it's important to teach a skill. But if I was just to tell them, this is where you can go, mm-hmm. this is good, this is bad, that's it they're not going to know why they can't step off the sidewalk later in life. And it's the why. So we need to include the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we learning this? And not always rely on the student to ask the why, Mm -hmm. but just include the why to begin with. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we go back to, because I'm the boss and I'm telling you this is how it's going to be. When we have that mentality, we're raising a group of kids who when they become the adults, they don't know the why to be able to teach their kids. Mm -hmm. And while the why I mentioned earlier is not always important because that telling side of things when it is a safety issue in the moment mm-hmm. is not important. In the moment, that tell is that the why is not important in that tell because of safety. After the fact, it's important to teach that why. Move away from that bear. It's not safe. I don't need to tell you why it's not safe. Mm-hmm. You have to have that connection enough that that a child is going to immediately walk away in their other direction, right? But then afterwards, I'm going to have a conversation. Well, the bears are, you know, mammals that can be aggressive and they're going, they could try and take you with them and eat you. Like, you know, obviously we'll be a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit or better about The mama that, bears that protecting ex- her babies. Explanation, but... <laughs> 
But if we if we just rely on tell, mm-hmm. we're never teaching the why. And and it's a reflection piece too with them. Like, how do you know? How do you know that this is a school boundary? Well, I see a fence right there. Yeah, you see a fence. So what what does that fence represent? It means that I can't climb over it to get to the other side. So I think that reflection piece for them as well, like how do you know, really is helpful as well. And relating it back to their safety. Mm -hmm. Yes. One of the biggest things that in schools or in life, uh, a lot of things are due to our safety. Yeah, and I... (laughs) I always told my boys that. Okay, think before you do something. Number one, is it safe? Number two, is mom going to be upset <laughs> with me if I do this? So if I climb up that tree and jump from tree to tree because I've seen monkeys do it, is that safe? You know, and so, which they tried to do. So <laughs> twin boys. Whew. How does teaching build connections? Well, it's taking that time, right? That time when you're teaching, you're taking that time with that child to make them realize that, oh, it's important not just to you, but it's also important to them as well. And so I've giving them that time is going to build connections. And I feel when you have a connection with someone, they're more willing to learn from you. Mm-hmm. If I'm just kind of thinking back of, the teachers that I had when I was growing up, I feel that I respected and learned more from the teachers that took the time to connect with me than the teachers that I didn't feel a connection with. When you value a child's inquisitiveness, is that even a word? I don't know. It is now. (laughs) When you value them and they're, they're wanting to know more, by giving them the why, you are showing them that they are worth, they're worthy. When we talked about worthiness in episode 10, we talked about how we have to, we have to show them that we believe in them. And if we just constantly tell them to do things or not to do things, we're not valuing their problem solving skills. We're not valuing their ability to decipher right and wrong. We are just telling them that because I'm an adult now, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. And so by creating those connections with teaching, we're building those neurons while we're teaching new skills. And so when we build those, those neurons, it's helping to rewire the brain to know that when there's safety, which is connection, I can trust the person who's telling me to do something, which then goes back to when it's appropriate to tell versus teach, Mm -hmm. right? Because I've already done the teaching of why this boundary exists, I now can just tell you've crossed that boundary, right? And then once that safety issue, once the safety concern is away, then I can explain and teach more. And that is key to getting anything done in your classroom. You have to teach because if you're not making those connections in your classroom, they're not going to learn anything from you. And I know that we get bombarded with all our standards that we have to teach, but this is this is a life standard that we need to make sure that we're doing. We're making connections with our students. Well, and if you take that time at the beginning of the school year to build mm-hmm. those connections, it's that's going to help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, you know, kind of post-pandemic, post-everything being shut down, we have to take the time to teach kids how to problem solve, how to kind of relive life 
amongst other people. You know, I was um, hanging out with some friends just recently and they have brand new babies. And it's crazy because those kids are living in a world now that is so different than the world that, you know, my niece and my nephew were born into. My niece and nephew, they were born into where, you know, you pass the baby around at the table. And yeah, you might have known some of the people you might not have. And and there was really no fear of, you know, spreading a disease to them because, you know, you washed your hands or you, you know, you were safe. But now it's so crazy because there's this, like, I almost didn't go see my friends because I was worried. Like, even though I'm healthy, I... I didn't feel like I was sick at all. I was worried about going and seeing them because it's like, okay, what if I pass something to them? But in a world previous to this pandemic, we wouldn't have even thought of that. Mm -hmm. And so just that, you know, we have to teach kids that it's okay to hug. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, you know, exist around other people and and feel feel like we're safe. And safety is going to be one of the biggest things this fall that I think that as educators, we're going to have to teach. You have to teach safety. Mm -hmm. And if you don't teach safety first, like Maria said, academics are going to be hard to teach. If a child in your classroom does not feel safe, Mm -hmm. they're not going to learn because their guard is always going to be up. And so we have to do that as a lot of the secondary people like to call it touchy-feely crap (laughs) before we can actually jump into the academic stuff. And that brings it back. They're still kids. They are still kids. Even my, you know, my boys are turning 17 next month and they're still kids. They still need all of those things. They still need love and all of that. And so I, I, we as a society tend to want them to grow up faster than they need to grow up. I feel like we definitely push them, mm-hmm. push kids to grow up faster. It's like, you're five. You should know how to do this already. Right. You know, I, I don't know how many times I caught myself saying that <laughs> even, even, you know, post becoming a little more conscious with things (laughs) but it's definitely one of those things like oh wait no no you're five you're learning you're learning how to do that right i'm gonna have to tell you 150 Mm -hmm. times or teach you 150 (laughs) times a day why that's not safe right but it's still you're still learning Mm -hmm. you're gonna learn you're gonna learn you're gonna learn you're gonna learn as long as i continue to teach and i keep building those connections you're going to learn why why it's important and why you know and i think another thing that we kind of need to keep in our forefront of our mind is when we're telling children to do something all of the time if they have trauma in their lives that just adds to it it adds to their trauma and then they were not going to be able to open up to make those connections with you. Well, and then you're not going to be able to move. You're not giving them the skills to be able to make a different way for when they are older and have a family Mm -hmm. because they're ingraining in their brains that it's okay just to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. And the adult always tells, so I can't wait to be an adult because then I can tell someone what What to to do. do. Yeah. But, but not in a way that's appropriate, right? Not in a way that's teaching skills because, and then we have what, three, four or five generations of adults who just continue to tell. And I mean, this is really evident in, in classrooms when you have kids with big, we call them big personalities. They like to tell everybody what to do, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, or the boss, we call them the boss, the little boss. And it's because they're from a family where they don't get a say at home. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly being told what to do. And so if we hone in on those skills and we teach them, you know what? You're still a kid. You get to be a kid. How exciting is that for you? Here, here's some blocks for you to play with. Here's some, you know, building in those boundaries and teaching them that skill of you don't have to be the boss here. Mm-hmm. 
you get to just be a kid. Right. Why is it important to teach versus tell? It all comes down to creating little humans that can be problem solvers, that understand the why behind what they're doing. And in a way, it does make us, it make. <laughs> For me, I always feel like if I teach something, then that stress of always having to tell them again and again and again how to do something is gone. So for me, it makes my life easier. It takes time in the moment. It does take time. But after that, it's just a little reminder. Well, and it's building independence, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're going to be able to, when they grow up, they're going to be able to see the big picture and see, oh, I need to get this done or I need to do this first before I do this. So... Kids, like Maria is saying, like it's it's teaching them, you know, kind of the why and creating that independence. Kids don't have a prefrontal lobe until they're 25, 26 years old. And so we have to loan them our prefrontal lobe, which is that teaching side of things. It's teaching them the whys behind things and, and that giving them opportunities to problem solve in a way that is safe for them, right? And so giving them an opportunity is what's going to be, which is why we need to teach them versus tell them all the time. In episode five, we talked a lot about noticing um, with our approval versus encouragement side of things. And we, so how does noticing play a role in teaching skills? To me, it has to do with being able to see what their missing skills are. So you have to take a look at the whole child to see what they're missing in order to see like, this is where I'm going to start teaching them those skills in order to to have them be independent. And we talked about noticing in our episode eight mindfulness too, how it's a lot easier to ask a student or a child to notice something versus being mindful of it. They, It's just a hard concept for them to wrap their head around. But noticing is definitely, it really helps when you're teaching a certain skill, whether it's math and you're doing double digit multiplication, or it's showing the boundaries of the school playground, having the students have that kinesthetic part where they're actually going out on the playground and walking around or noticing, okay, well, what do you notice on this playground? Well, there's a fence. Well, why do you think the fence is there? And, And just that metacognition of what is going on is really helpful. I feel like one of the biggest areas in a classroom where we get the opportunity to practice teaching versus telling is when tattling happens. Mm. Tattling is an amazing opportunity to teach new skills because when you have kids who come up, Johnny cut in line. Yeah. And you were hoping that Johnny would have went to the end of the line versus that. Did you like that? No. We'll tell Johnny, Johnny, go to the back of the line, right? Teaching them that skill of instead of going to an adult to try and solve your problem, giving them those words of saying, Johnny, go to the back of the line. I don't like it when you cut, right? Um, there's different levels of, of tattling with that. And we're not going to go into all of those right now. But to me, when we're teaching those skills of that language, it's giving a kid a skill to solve their own problems, right? And so w- you noticed that Johnny went in front of you, okay? Coming up to me and saying, Johnny went in front of you, or cut in line. You're noticing that we're going to remove some of that judgment of that Johnny, the way you said it is that Johnny is, you know, a little pill and just always cuts in line. So we're going to remove the judgment behind it and just say, oh, Johnny, the back of the line is, is that way, 
You know, you you cut in line. It's not okay to be in uh, cutting in line. And so taking away the judgment of Johnny always cuts in line. Johnny always, you know, and re-giving that power back to the kid versus that that's tattling versus saying, okay, I'll take care of that. Johnny, go to the back of the line. You always cut in line. It's not okay. You you've been told this. We're judging Johnny for cutting in line when really maybe Johnny just didn't see that the line had already gotten <laughs> longer than it was, right? And so, but we're empowering those kids to like, to say, hey, Johnny, go to the back of the line. So we're removing that judgment so that they can notice what's happening in front of them and be able to fix the problem. Well, and noticing too is a huge role. It has a huge role in giving feedback. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to notice in order to give that feedback to kids so that they can learn. And then that also becomes their internal speech like we've talked about. When teaching is used to show missing skills, we model noticing and encouragement. This allows students to become the best versions of themselves while also giving children opportunities to practice skills like noticing. Being able to notice gives almost a superpower into empathy. This was JMJ Real Talk. Tune in next time for more on social emotional health.